Welcome to the Positive Pants Podcast. Mindset, motivation, and inspiration to help you find your positive pants. It's time to let go of negative thinking, understand why you do what you do, and stop the self-sabotage with your host, Fran Excel. Welcome to the show. As always, it's Fran Excel, your resident subconscious success mentor, helping you find your very own pair of positive pants so you can get out of your own way and live a life that you love. If you want to stop sabotaging your own success and let go of the stress, then you are in the right place, my friend. Make sure you download your free stressed to success guided meditation at bit.ly forward slash stressed to success as my little gift to you for being here. Please do subscribe, share, review. It really, really helps people that need to hear this message find us. And I so appreciate it. In the show notes, you will also find details of how you can work with me and where you can get your mitts on my meditations, products, and printables. You can also find it through the link in my bio on Instagram, which is my second favorite place to hang out. So please do come join me over there at I'm Fran Excel. Tag me in your takeaways, slide into my DMs. I am here for it. So that is the formalities over my love. So let's jump into the content. How did you heal yourself was a question I had from a lovely listener. It's not a quick and easy question to be fair, but I will do my best. I'll probably give more of a focus on what I did wrong so you can learn from my mistakes and not have to do it the hard way like I did. So I suppose the journey started back in 2014 when things got really bad. Um, I don't talk about this too much in public because it's not just my story and I don't think that's fair. So I'll give you the cliff notes. Essentially, lots of things went very wrong in a short space of time. So we lost our business. My husband had a pub and restaurant. We lost our home because we lived right next door to it. Uh, We had to move in with my mother-in-law. Then I had a car accident where I flipped and rolled my car into a ditch. Then I had knee surgery, which didn't go quite as it was supposed to. So I was just always in pain as well and, and pretty immobile. I had been working with my husband in the business. He was my fiance at the time. Actually, he was my boyfriend when it started. Um, And then I'd gone back to my media job to do a maternity contract part-time too. So I was commuting into London and I decided I couldn't do the two and a half hour each way commute. So I didn't extend the contract and I took a local job. But things had been really, really difficult. All of that on my plate at the same time. So I wasn't in the best place mentally, shall we say. Then to add some insult to injury, I got sacked after three weeks in this job. And I got sacked for being too negative. Whoops. (laughs) So it's safe to say that my ego, self-esteem and hope were pretty much on the floor at this point. And on the same day that I got sacked, I went to the doctors about my pain in my knees and I came out with antidepressants. And then... (laughs) I went home and basically stared at them, day drinking by myself, wondering what had happened. Now, I can laugh about this now, but at the time it was pretty horrendous. Now, there is obviously a lot, lot more to each of the threads of this story. And the nice thing is, is that I don't feel the need to defend myself anywhere. But you get the gist. Yeah, It wasn't quite the plan I had in mind for life at this point. 
And bearing in mind at this point, I had also, I'd left a really successful media career behind to, to kind of do all this stuff. But in that moment, I felt like I'd given up on myself. But it ended up being a major catalyst for change. Yeah, it, it, that rock bottom moment that you see so many people talking about, that this was that for me. And all of this is what got me here, doing what I love, working for myself, like all of these things in like the dream house, I like everything happened because of this stuff, right? So I can't complain, really. Post-traumatic growth is real, baby. <laughs> now, you'd think the story started here, but the truth is that all of these things weren't simply a cause to how I was feeling. They essentially amplified who I already was, what I already had playing out in my life. Now, not who I was at my core. We need to be clear about that. That's what this work does. This strips those layers of the onion that have been built up over time by your traumas, experiences, unconscious bias, all the things that I'm always talking about and the judgments that you make on yourself and other people about how and who you should, in inverted commas, be. This work gets you back to who you really are. So it amplified this high functioning anxiety that I'd had my whole life. And the thing to remember is that we recognize that we don't recognize this because it's so normal. You know, it's like we we feel so pants. We don't realize that we don't have to, that we're not supposed to, right? So it amplified this high functioning anxiety that I had. And I remember this, uh, I always ask people like, when's the when can you remember not having this feeling? Or when can you remember the first time you had this feeling? Because it's a really good indicator. And I remember it starting around age 11. And from that point on, and, and it was understandable because around that age, I moved schools. Um, my best friend died. A lot happened age 11. But essentially, the way I was for most of my life, I was paranoid, big time paranoid. I didn't trust the other world. Uh, I didn't trust the world or other people or myself. I always thought people were out to hurt me. I didn't trust that if people were friends with me, it was for genuine reasons. I would always be so down on myself, be like, well, why would they like me anyway? Um, I always thought people were out to hurt me. I catastrophize every little detail I possibly could. An example, even, even in my late 20s, I was struggling with this. Like if, if, if Tobin was late, and then in my head, he had a car crash and had died, right? It, it got really bad. Um, I had incredibly low self-worth particularly around the way I looked. My confidence was super low. So I would drink for confidence and get myself in a pickle and not make the best decisions, particularly with boys. <laughs> I didn't trust friends not to abandon me. Oh, people not to abandon me. So it was hard for people to get close. And I would often wonder why they were friends with me in the first place. I'd had so many protection mechanisms built around fear, but I actually had no idea that this stuff was ruling my life. And a lot of this was masked, particularly in my 20s. A lot of it was masked because I was confident and high achieving in my career. So I didn't identify with some of these things again because they were so normal, but I didn't have that self-awareness. You know, I essentially lie to myself on a daily basis. So much as I had 
the big traumatic year that led to me finally doing the work to heal, this unconscious programming had been dominating my life for as long as I could remember. And knowing what I know now made the big traumatic stuff so much worse. Yeah. It all makes perfect sense to me now, but I really just felt like a victim of the world at the time. So there were a lot of things I did wrong in inverted commas in my healing journey. I love how I always have to say to you because you can't see me. I have to say in inverted commas. <laughs> so everybody does this at the start of their journey because there's certain knowledge about how we work as humans that you just won't have until you seek it. Yeah. So it took me a really long time and I beat myself up for that. I beat myself up for that a lot. I blamed myself. I shamed myself. I had zero patience. I either suppressed my emotions, which would inevitably come out in other ways, often with the ragey tantrum. <laughs> but on the other hand, my emotions would be wild and unruly. Yeah. I had a complete lack of control over that area of my life. So it felt like complete chaos constant chaos in all areas of my life it felt like it was just one thing after another after another or it would be one step forward three steps back and I know why this happens now right I understand your brain your nervous system your ego all of these things so I held on to my victim mentality and I didn't take responsibility for my part in where I was that can be super flipping confronting yeah to own your part but it's also incredibly empowering, incredibly empowering to be able to see your part in something. So you don't have to make the same mistakes. So you don't get caught in these patterns, repeating the same stuff all the time, right? So all of this sounds super negative, but without knowing a lot of the stuff I teach, how would you know another way to be? Particularly when all the unconscious programming and beliefs that are driving your emotions and your behavior are negative without knowing how to be conscious, or even that you have to be, how would you not just reinforce that loop? Yeah. So if you're trying to heal or make changes, some, you know, heal some old wounds, the biggest thing I want you to know is that you make sense. These protection mechanisms have helped you at one point or another in your life. You're not broken and you don't need fixing. I can never say that too many times. You're just missing some key information. So I was trying to go from zero to fixed in 60 seconds flat. You know, I wanted that instant gratification. And there's so many people that sell you that instant gratification. And I fell for it every time, even though I'd been in media and marketing for over a decade back then. I just, I didn't see it. I wanted to believe these things. And it just doesn't work like that. I sought out the quick fixes and fake promises because I was being led by this instant gratification. I felt like I was trying everything, but nothing was working, which just triggered my shame and self-judgment even more. It wasn't until I decided that I was just going to strip it all back instead of just absorbing information and not really knowing how to do anything with it. I decided I was just going to start small you know, and then all our judgments around doing things not well enough or not doing things perfectly or not doing enough, you know, all of that stuff comes up. But I just said, look, I'm just going to strip it back. I'm going to start small. I'm going to find one thing every day that I could hold in my mind 
consciously for that day. So that's what I did. One thing per day. So I'd find a question or a quote or ask myself what I was grateful for or decide I was going to do nice things for other people or I'd find something inspirational that I would kind of run through my thoughts, run my thoughts through as a filter for the day. And then I started noticing the sorts of things that were working for me. So it, it kind of all started with curiosity. And this is exactly where my prompts for the Positive Pants Planner. So my journaling for the non-dear diary technique came from. The Positive Pants Planner is still coming. I promise. <laughs> I don't know when, but it is. But I had no idea they were working at the time. I didn't know most of them were positive psychology interventions. I didn't know about neuroplasticity or trauma or attachment theory or anything along those lines. The things I did then, I still do today because this is a journey without an official or final destination. There isn't a day where you think, oh, yay, I'm all fixed. Yeah, I'm totally enlightened. Nothing's ever going to bother me ever again. Yeah, when we actually put it like that, you can see how unreasonable that sounds. You need to accept that you're a human and human emotions are a very natural thing. And they're also guides and indicators. We need them. Yeah. There is always another layer to uncover. Some in areas you never knew there was an issue. So the areas that I'm working on at the moment are around emotional eating and intimacy. I've got a lot of self-awareness in that, but there's some deep healing work that I need to do. So I'm going through the same processes in those areas that I did with the others. But the biggest difference is every time I find that next layer, that next thing to heal, there is no shame. There's no judgment. I see it as a good thing because there's growth happening. I know exactly how to navigate it. And it doesn't feel like a negative thing at all. And yes, I can catch myself in those moments where I'm like, FFS. Why, why is this not going quicker? But then I get to catch myself in those moments, right? You know, I get excited now when I find a negative pattern. I honestly do. Yes, it may not be fun, them being there. The work may not be pretty, but I know how worth it it is because I know what's on the other side. Healing is not linear, you know, but it also doesn't need to take you as long as it did me. It doesn't need to cost you as much as it did me. You know, I would jump from training to training, course to course, book to book, but not really implement anything along the way because that's the bit that we find hard. You can consciously seek information, but it's actually getting our nervous system to allow us to take action. That's the difficult bit. You know, I've invested well over six figures into my own development and qualifications and all of these different things. This is why I work with multi, with a multi-modality approach. Healing is not linear. One size does not fit all, yeah? Some investments have been better than others. <laughs> um, and I would say that finding that person who you feel will really understand and get you and not judge you to help you on this journey is a much, much quicker way to get you to where you want to be. I kept trying to do it all on my own, all on my own, which also was reinforcing one of my attachment patterns, which is, you know, I unfortunately, I say unfortunately, there's no unfortunately, I have disorganized attachment, which is a combination of anxious and avoidant. 
I say the reason I said unconsciously said unfortunately is because it's the hardest one to heal, right? But you still get to work with it. And trying to do everything on my own is a part of that pattern, is a part of that attachment style. Yeah, but I know that now. I didn't know that then. So I asked for help. I kept trying to do it on my own, but the biggest shifts came when I asked for help. But I also, key point here, allowed myself to accept help. That's a big distinction to make. You know, the more I did the things that I felt the most resistant to, that felt hard, the more results I got. You know, learning to regulate my own emotions probably took me the most time because I didn't understand I needed to or could. So that wouldn't have come up with a quick and easy Google search, right? Because I wouldn't have known what I was searching for. And I'll do an episode on, on why that's so important for you next week. I just did not have the information that I needed to make lasting change. And I didn't know where to find it. And the biggest mistake in inverted commas, I think I made was, was not asking for help. And then also blaming and shaming myself for things that were just not my fault. You know, that, that made perfect sense too. And the more you can understand how we tick as humans, the better. It's a huge reason that I launched my SOS, um, Success Over Stress course. It's the information we all should have been given in school. All of us. But, and parents should be given it now. Anyone in, in charge of a child should know this stuff. <laughs> the information that helps us learn how to be human in the most efficient way. Yeah. Why we may feel the things we feel and do the things we do without blaming or sh shaming ourselves, without beating ourselves up, because that's honestly half the battle, isn't it? Right. The stuff we internalize in the process can make it feel so much harder than it needs to. But it's also not giving up too soon. Don't jump from modality to modality and not allow any of it the time and consistency it takes to work. Patience, commitment, consistency, curiosity, and self-compassion, communication, and trust. There's a lot of C's in there. I kind of like it. That's what it takes. And you are more than capable, my love. You really are. So if you got value from this and you know in your gut that now is the time to step up and start rewiring your thinking and start changing things for yourself, then book in a free discovery call so we can work out what needs to happen to get you from where you're at right now to the action-taking success you know you can be. If you want my eyes and ears on your problems, then I work with people one-on-one -on -one and through my programs. You can find all the details to book in a call in the show notes, the link in my bio on Instagram and on my website, franxl.com. So stop waiting for if and when and choose to change things now because you 100% can. I am here to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. And as always, I hope you found this helpful and I will see you next week. Bye.